Welcome back, Hummingbird's Nest again. Episode 7 is continuation of Episode 6, so if you didn't hear Episode 6, you have to go back and listen to it to understand what I'm talking about today. I am talking, continued about the tragedy that happened to me on June 12, 2002, the day I was struck on the driver's side of my car by a train. But as I tell it, there are seven, I had it easy because I was in a coma. Seven days in a drug-induced coma. It was these groups of people. The first group, of course, I talked about with my coworkers and how it affected them. And I'm sure still affects them today. But it definitely changes people when tragedy like this happens. Especially when you're hit by a train and you're trying to understand why did this happen to you? Why did I survive? The second group of people, it's actually a person that it affected, was the friend, the friend that I was meeting that morning. Uh, we uh, have known each other a long time, and we we were good friends. I wouldn't say we were best friends or anything like that, but we were just good friends. We were there for each other, and she was actually from the town of Sherman, and her family lived there and everything. And we were pretty close, you know, we, we would go out on weekends and hang out and watch TV together like friends do and talk about things and I was actually helping her, was supposed to help her with the letter that day and it didn't happen. That friend stayed by my side, was there every day with me in the hospital, was the one that waited on my parents when they got there that night, was really, you know, stoic and everything. And we stayed close after the accident for about three to four months. Maybe maybe six months at the most. But we grew apart. The tragedy definitely pulls people apart. And it, it, it'll bring you closer or it'll pull you apart. And with this particular friend, we just... I don't know if it was guilt on her end. I definitely wanted the friendship to continue. Or that... They were only meant to be in my life till that point. I've I've spent years, you know, dwelling over this and trying to understand why they left my life and why they are not in my life anymore. But I have just forgiven the the fact and forgiven the situation is it was a tragic. It did affect all of us. And maybe it was guilt why they don't want to talk to me or you know continue a friendship I will always have respect for them I will always you know be open for a friendship but if it doesn't happen I'm not going to be heartbroken because people come into your life and they all don't stay and I've had to learn that the hard way I've had people come into my life and stay and many many of them just come in teach me a lesson and then leave and that's okay and that's the lesson we need to learn from anything is that when it comes to people, you can't make someone be your friend. You can't make them into your, be in your life. This is definitely an awful situation, an awful tragedy, but I can't guilt them into being my friend and I don't want to do that. I want you to be in my life and I want you to be my friend because you respect me and that we have a great relationship. 
that's the second person that was affected by this the third person the third group of people that were affected of course were who i consider my core support system they have been in my life my whole life and i didn't realize how amazing these people were until this happened i opened my eyes to realize what a amazing family i was born into i tell stories on this podcast about my family all the time about my sisters about my parents because i had a very interesting growing up and they made it interesting and they made it cultural and it really i lucked out when it came to having these parents and these siblings they're great but they were affected most likely the most to me my parents i just my heart goes out to them when i tell the story i know this is very hard for them to hear this part of it because they were involved and affected when the accident happened my friend had a co-worker of hers call my dad down in south louisiana because i was up in sherman texas about seven and a half eight hours away call my dad at his office and tell him hey your daughter was hit by a train my dad asked her well is she dead or alive and the co-workers of my friend said i don't know and so my parents actually didn't know if i was they were going to plan a funeral or have to save up for hospital bills they did not know for a while my dad just took off and went to where my mom was she was working at a, a middle school at the time and went to her and they just hopped in my dad's van and they just drove and i believe it was around shreveport or right past shreveport probably about four hours three and a half four hours in that they actually found out that i was alive they had somebody from the hospital call to update them about they were moving my spleen i was having a blood transfusion all these that i i was alive i was in surgery so that was their only sign that i was alive at this moment i'm guessing it was about 10 p.m that they got 10 10 30 that they got to the hospital the doctor told my mom we're going to have to you know wait 24 hours if she survives the first 24 hours she will be okay she will survive but she will always have limitations she will may not have a full recovery That's scary news for any parent for any person but my parents are stoic and my parents are positive and my parents believe in prayer and and they just put their head down and just just sent me thoughts and sent me positive thoughts another part of my family that was affected was of course my my two sisters my middle sister jen was actually moving from virginia back to louisiana that week my mom was supposed to fly out and go help her pack up and drive back that friday this happened on a wednesday so my sister had to make the trek by herself this woman drove 16 hours to sherman texas down to lafayette to get things for my parents back to sherman texas a few times i believe and it's it's just amazing 
she had her own stuff going on in her life. She had a lot of things going on with her marriage and with the move and with everything. Not that she talked about it, but she, then this happens, you know. So she she's the type of person that keeps it all inside, keeps it all inside, and doesn't really talk about it. And how stoic she was and how strong she was. I always thought my Jennifer as a wimp. <laughs> she wasn't as strong, but Jennifer, I mean... To do all those things she did during that time was just amazing. And they, we have a little, little joke that my coworker Stacy would say. She would come up and while I was in a coma and touch my hand and say, Hey, and Juliana, hummingbird. And I would say nothing, but Jennifer would pop up and say, Hey, Julie, and I squeeze her hand. So it's something about that bond you have with a sister, a sibling, a family member that, that happens. So that's the second person in this group of, of people, my family, that was affected. The third, of course, my oldest sister, Felicia, and her husband, they let they were on vacation. And they left their vacation a day early. And she came, I think, the following weekend to, to stay with me in the hospital and the weekend after that. And they just, you know, the strength of my family was definitely tested here but all I remember even after waking up from that drug induced come is that the positivity like they wouldn't allow me to be upset about they wouldn't allow any of that they just let me be in pain scream it out and just be positive with it I have survived something that was unbelievable didn't think I was going to survive and I did and it was their strength and their positivity and definitely their prayers I'm sure that really helped me grow from this this is not the end of this story there's more to this story especially my rehab part that is actually kind of pretty pretty cool part Please stay, stay tuned to our next episode of Hummingbird's Nest. Thank you for listening. Appreciate all of you. Have a great day.